0: Hello everyone and welcome to Tibco's Ask the SOA Expert podcast. I'm your host Rob Meyer. Purpose of this podcast series is to give you best practices and solutions to help you be successful with SOA. Today's podcast is about the role of registries and repositories in an SOA. With us today to talk about registries and repositories is Eric Johnson, Principal Architect focused on registries and repositories at Tibco. Eric, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rob. So, Eric, what's a registry, what's a repository, what's the difference, and why do I need both of them? A registry is like a phone book. You want a phone book, obviously, to be
1: able to call somebody. It's easier if you never called them before to be able to look them up and get the background information. So, in a phone book, you're going to see simple information like what's their phone number, what's their address, so you can look and verify that, in fact, that is the person you want to call. But you're not going to see bunches and bunches of information, one, because the person might not want to publish it, and you're not going to see whether or not they speak English. So a service registry is sort of the counterpart in this service-oriented architecture world, where you're going to see sort of summary information about the service you're trying to access. It's going to tell you where the service is located and perhaps the contract, where you can find the contract for how to use this service, without actually telling you what that contract is. So, you're going to find all of that kind of information in the registry, but you need a repository to capture other information about how you're going to use that service. Like I said in the phone book example, you don't expect to find English written next to somebody's name in the phone book so you know when you call them, they're going to be speaking English. That's the kind of information that you see in a service repository. It's going to tell you, here's the WSDL That tells you how to interact with the service here, the schemas that go with it. And of course, humans probably need to be involved in this process. You're going to get things like Microsoft Word documents that describe how the service works or PDF or HTML, whatever works for your organization. And you need both. Why do we have both today and why not just have one product? Without the repository, you really are sort of forced into the position of trying to put all this information into one place. And it'd be kind of like having the phone book that lists all this information. So you go to look up a business in the yellow pages, and it's going to tell you, every single advertisement for every business is going to tell you, we take these credit cards, these are our business hours, this is the nearest cross street, and so on and so forth. And it'd end up taking a lot of space, and it would actually become less useful over time as you try to keep more and more information in there, and you have to keep it up-to-date and reliable. Now, with only a repository... You're not going to have that useful service information saying, okay, this is how you can initially get in touch with somebody, how you can look them up and figure out who you actually want to talk to. Instead, you'd have to sift through enormous amounts of information to figure out what you're trying to get at.
0: So I can see how you use a registry for looking up services and finding services or maybe even changing them. What do you use a repository for?
1: Well, it's certainly going to depend on the kind of organization you're running and how big a deployment you have. It's certainly possible for an initial cut at trying to get this done, you need to get something up. You could use a simple file server type system, you maybe you know, Apache web servers, surf up static content that you have decent tools and process in place to update. But you're probably gonna want to over time build more facilities on top of that. Certainly change control features and notifications perhaps as things change. For example, your registry will tell you if your service definition changes, but it might also be interesting to know if that Word document that I mentioned before that you put in the repository, you might also want to know when that changes if you're consuming a service. So over time, you're going to want additional functionality around your repository, and ideally, that would extend into functionality like understanding the changes that are actually coming down the pipe. What is the impact of changing this particular schema at design time so that when you go to roll it out in production, you're not surprised that one of your services is broken. You can actually trace that back to what you were doing at design time and, and see that before something breaks, that that is what will happen. So your repository is going to accumulate other information besides that, which goes in your registry. Again, going back to the sort of phone book analogy, why don't you just stick that information in the registry? Well, that's not information you necessarily want the consumers of your service to see.
0: So a repository stores a lot of the actual assets. Mm -hmm. It stores a lot of the actual dependencies or relationships between assets. And it does it both in development and supports operations as well.
1: Certainly can do all of those things. Again, it's going to matter what makes sense in your organization. And I don't want to make people concerned that this is going to be an overly complicated problem that they have to solve. Like I said, the initial solution can be very simple. And you can scale up to encompass those things that, for example, you don't have a process in place to handle already. If you already have a process in place to handle the change management and dependency management, then that can continue to work for you for some time. But obviously, as with all things related to computers,
0: it's better to automate these things over time. So are registries and repositories pretty widely deployed? No. Why? Well, in a word, maturity. The UDDI
1: versions 1 and version 2 just we're not up to the task. And I say UDDI because UDDI is sort of the one most predominant registry standard you have out there. Now that we have UDDI 3, the other problems are clear with respect to what's going on there. You have to figure out, for example, what you want to publish in the repository. Again, going back to the phone book analogy, how did the phone company decide that it's appropriate to put somebody's first initial and last name and maybe their address very concisely abbreviated. Your organization is going to have to figure this out on a large scale to figure out, okay, what information do I want to put in a registry in order for it to be useful for our environment? And it's going to be a different solution for a different company. Another reason is that as these technologies are not mature... The tools simply aren't there, and the processes are not there. There's going to be a lot of information in your service registry and your service repository that you're going to have to make sure you keep up to date, and you're going to have to remove stale information. You're going to have to fix broken information. And over time, you don't want the management of that to become a problem. So you really have to make sure that you have the tools and processes in place to do that. And, of course, getting those tools and processes in place also takes time. You don't need one uh, registry or repository for a small deployment in SOA. You really need it when you get a bigger deployment.
0: Now, can you go into a little bit more detail why they are needed in a larger deployment? It's all going to come back to the scalability of your organization. If you
1: walk into a strange town and you're trying to figure out where things are and how to get in touch with people, you're going to want a phone book. The same sort of thing is true with large service-oriented architecture, you're going to want that phone book. You're going to want that registry for talking about the services that are available in your enterprise. Not because there aren't other ways to get the information. It's just that over time, they become less less and less and less and less and less and less and less efficient. So there's a tipping point in there. You can get by for a while without one, and then you're going to hit that tipping point, and you're going to wish you had one you sure would hope that you would start planning in advance of reaching that tipping point and figuring out how you're going to roll out a registry rather than getting to the point where you realize you need one and then have to work hard to get one.
0: So it's as the number of services increase, as the number of departments increase, that reuse becomes harder and harder and harder. Absolutely. Any recommendations for our listeners on what to do about registries and repositories, both in terms of today as well as what they should be thinking about, how they should be planning for adopting registries or repositories?
1: Well, I've mentioned a number of the things already that you'd want to pay attention to. One is there is going to be this tipping point in your organization where you want to know before you get there that you're going to have a registry or a repository in place. You're going to need to understand the tools and processes around getting the information into your registry and your repository so that you aren't publishing incorrect information in your registry, making the registry less useful than if people just had to go and figure this information out by themselves. So definitely sitting down with your organization, figuring out, for example, as I mentioned before, the information that you want to publish in your registry and, and in your repository.
0: Very critical to figure out those things in advance. Well, thanks for all that information, Eric, and thanks for being here today. You bet. That's Eric Johnson, Principal Architect at TIBCO. If you have any questions about this or any other podcasts, you can email us at soa at I'm Rob Meyer. Thanks for listening to Tipco's Ask the SOA Expert podcast.